It is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. This is another World Series and Halloween edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Ploop. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well. And yes, we want you to save money. Save 10% on your next order at SeatGeek. All you have to do is use the word John Boy Postseason, all caps, all one word, even though it's Halloween, that is not a scary word. It's a friendly word. So whether you're a returning customer or a first-time downloader of the SeatGeek app on your phone, go use it today for your next World Series ticket, your NFL game, college football, NBA, NHL. If you're a concert goer, go save that 10% off. Happy Halloween, buddy. Happy Halloween to you as well. See, Rosie, I actually had a little Halloween scare yesterday. Ooh. Or something frightening happened. How about that? Okay, what? I asked Amber Sabathi to be my agent. She said no. It's tough. It's tough she for a kid no. like me. Yeah, she's like, I don't really do that, basically. I went through my friend Ollie. I didn't actually talk to Amber, though I would like to have a talk with her. Um, she basically says, I don't know how to do that. And Ollie basically told me the same thing. So I'm in the market. Well, then she, um, well, okay. Now, for people that sit there and say, well, why did she do that? She probably deals with players, correct? She yeah, she, yeah. She's like, okay. Yeah, so there's, I'm just getting my feet wet in the player business. Yes. Yeah. Then, then that's that's fair. She doesn't want to misguide you, so she's. She gave me. Don't a, understand she's the gave me some names. We're gonna yeah. be okay, but well, you know, I, I, you I have my heart set on her and Ollie. Yeah. Well, that was very nice. That was very nice. It's okay though. Amber, it's probably a smart move. Good. Oh my god. I'm kidding. Built in. I already yeah. did everything. Uh, before we get going to Game 3 of the World Series and breaking it down, a special tip of the cap to the one and only captain of the New York Yankees, Aaron Judge, the recipient of the Roberto Clemente Award for 2023. Uh, I know that you have friends that have won this award. I, too, have friends that have um, – I, I, I hate saying one. I like to say the recipient of the honor because, yeah. to me, winning something means that like you're going after it this is something that all these wonderful guys who are baseball players who embrace their community and do such good work away from the diamond, they all do it not because they want to be named the recipient of the Roberto Clemente Award. They do it because they want to make a difference. And getting this honor is just, and it is truly an honor. I'm telling you, I have worked with guys who have won MVPs, whether it's in this sport or in the NFL, where they ended up being named the recipient of the Walter Payton Man of the Year, which is the equivalent of the Clemente Award. And they say it's a bigger deal than winning the MVP. It just is. Uh, I will echo that sentiment. And by the way, that's a badass trophy. It is great. It that is really is cool. awesome. That's a piece of art right there. Um, no, congratulations to Aaron Judge. I, I I love this because you know I've heard of you know some work that he's done off the field, but a lot of his stuff is like almost behind the scenes, and I kind mm -hmm. of appreciate that a little bit more. Totally. It's okay to bring you know awareness to your cause, but. I think a lot of times, you know, when you're doing stuff like that and it's just because you want to do it, it, it kind of means a little bit more. So, totally. shout, yeah, Aaron Judge, again, this guy's done everything the right way. There has. It's nuts. Yeah. And Yankees fans, you can be uh, happy and prideful when he hits 62 homers in a season. Talk about this part of his career as well yeah. when, you, when you speak well of him. All right, let's get to the series. Texas grabs a 2-1 series lead thanks to a 3-1 win in Arizona. Uh, they propel a three-run third, and that was enough thanks to an amazing bullpen performance. Corey Seager smashes the ball down the line. Goodbye. Three to nothing, Texas. 
The 1-2 from LeClerc. Finishes off a 1-2-3-9. And what a Texas turnaround here in Game 3. From losing 9-1 in Game 2 to winning 3-1 and retaking the lead in the series. We're a deep group. I think, you know, one guy goes down, we still have John Gray, Heaney, Dunning, Perez, guys who can step up if somebody goes down or has a tough start. Um, and then we have the big boys on the back end too. So we're, our pitching's in a good spot right now. I think it's up to us to put up runs just so, you know, we can do well for those guys. Those are the words of Marcus Simeon who started to get, I'm not going to say hot, but at least did part of his job last night uh, in the batter's box. I think the MVP of the night was obviously John Gray who came on for the injured Max Scherzer three more scoreless innings. I would even venture to say that at this point, it's either Seager or John Gray, who's the MVP of the series, because Gray wow. kept them in it in game one with almost two scoreless innings. So he's gone four and two thirds, seven strikeouts, no walks, two hits allowed. That's fair. I, I dig that. I haven't even really thought about MVPs yet, uh, this kind of early into the series, but that, that makes sense. Yeah, it was an incredible job by him coming in on short notice and then just kind of mowing down D-backs lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a great game, and, you know, it's Texas has kind of lived and, and died by the home run in the postseason, and it happened again yesterday. I was happy for Marcus to get that knock, a little jam. Sometimes all you need is a little jam shot to get going, see Rosie. So he gets that RBI, puts him ahead, Seager does it, and they write that Rangers bullpen. Um, between Scherzer and Gray gave Boach enough length to go to his guys. You know, Chapman got a little squirrely there at the end, like he kind of always does, but then he, he pulls the rabbit out of the hat with a nasty curveball, and the rest is history. LeClerc, who has a baby face, and he just reminded me right there, people, of Zach Esposito, um, editor extreme for our company. <laughs> they both have this baby face, and whenever I look at him, I'm like, dude, how are you just dominating the World Series right now? But he is. That's pretty good. I love that call on that one. Um, Texas somehow has won nine straight road games in a single postseason, which is a record. It's it really is incredible. I mean, think of some of the places they played. Tampa, I get it, the fan base, whatever. But still, that was a damn good team. Then they go into Baltimore and win two in a row with those crazed fans. Then they take care of Houston, which they've had their problems. But man, it's just bizarre. Nine straight wins. Damn, that's impressive. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of that, like in recent postseasons, a lot of road victories, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that is interesting because there is something to going and playing on the road and, and they don't care about it, apparently. Nope. I don't know if they just like hitting in other parks or what it is, but they're getting the job done. Would you stop pitching to Corey Seager? With Adolis out? Makes it way yeah, easier. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, look. Do the Diamondbacks want to have a better chance to win the series? I would say the answer is yes to that. <laughs> so that's what you have to do. And, and, and you know, it's, it's not in every single circumstance because, you know, they're going to put most likely, well, it depends, man. Depends who they start tonight. It could be Grossman behind them to start and then Evan Carter at the end of the game. Yeah, if they start man apply, Grossman's probably going to start. Well, okay. Then it's here's a little bit of a thought process and I okay. kind of want to save it for, we do have a question about a So I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to save the thought process, but here's the deal. Seager leads baseball with the most first pitch homers. Yeah. He is a true ambush guy and that's what he does. Why the hell wouldn't you throw him a spinner in the dirt to start out the at bat? Cause then you're behind one. Oh, I mean, you want to throw good pitches still. Look, you're either going to pitch the guy or you're not going to pitch the guy. So I think there are certain circumstances where you can pitch to him. I think base is clear, pitch to him. 
and just try to get in the chase and do what you have to do. Definitely try to avoid a first pitch, middle, middle pitch, because that's what he's going to look for. Um, but then there are certain circumstances like depending on the score and, and you know, the runners on base that, yeah, you 100%. If uh, Adolis is out of this lineup, which he probably is going to be, you can't let Corey Seager beat you. You got to let some of these other guys, you got to let a 21 year old beat you. You got to let, you know, a, a Nate Lowe beat you. So, like somebody else has to beat you other than Corey Seager. I think it's a no brainer. Even if Adolis, let's say Adolis was there. Now, what do you do? If he's 100%, I, if he, like, the fact that he's banged up makes me say, I'm going to pitch to Adolis. What if he wasn't? Has Arizona been making mistakes or just mistake pitches? I don't think so. I think I think they've handled him well. I mean, I know he's gonna, he's going to get his. He's a he's a he's a good hitter. I, I mean, I you can't just pitch around some guy when you have a Dolis right behind mm-hmm. them. I mean, you can't. By the way, I thought Seager's biggest moment last night was the ground ball double play that he made Marte. to yeah. wrap up the eighth inning. Right? I mean, Chapman was already in deep trouble. He gave up a run, and then he got, I forget if somebody Thanks, got a knock. Yeah, he, somebody, yeah, somebody got a knock, though, I think. Was it a knock or a walk? And then it struck out Carroll, which was that, was, that was a sweet pitch he threw. Locked him up. And then Marte, right, if that's a foot to Seager's left, then he got first and second, and all of a sudden they're in business with Moreno up. Yeah, it was uh, Perdomo gets the knock to score Rivera, who pinch hit for Pavin Smith, who pinch hit, and then they made the pitching change. But so you had a runner there on first base. Mm-hmm. Corbin Carroll strikes out. Could tell Marte grounds into a double play, and it was a great. It was a great play. It wasn't an easy, you know, uh, sure thing double play. Yeah, he made a great play. Yeah, and then a quick turn by Simeon. That was really good. Uh, one thing that happened in the game: Alfonso Marquez was behind home plate, and depending on which umpiring site you like to check out on social media there were varying degrees of how bad he was (laughs) certainly the biggest call that he made was against Moreno in the ninth inning to lead off the ninth a 3-1 pitch that looked several inches outside uh Tori Lavella was asked about it afterward he said first of all really you're trying to get me in trouble here and then he did expound a little bit on the situation I know that if it if they were off the plate and there were missed calls they got to tighten it up just this the same as ever i'd say that to everybody but yeah there there were some um calls that didn't, didn't go our way today was that the difference in the game I, I don't know i don't think so um they took advantage of it let's put it that way if they were missed calls they took advantage of it and won the baseball game the way they needed to how much of an impact did the calls have on last night's game i think there were a lot of different calls i mean i i know the 3-1 pitch is going to stick out with people but the I believe it was the 1-0 pitch in the same at bat was called a ball when it was yes. a strike. So it's yep. like, you know, they're, they're, do they even out? I don't know. It depends on who you ask, right? Like the team that loses the game, they probably don't think they even out. But as long as there's humans umpiring, we're going to have some human error. And you just, as a player, you can't let that enter your mind. You can be upset about it. You understand. You go back. You have to speak your mind. Let You know, sometimes you can go tell those guys, hey, you missed the call. You, you can't miss that call. You got to be better. It's baseball. It's part of the game. It's it still is part of the game. And you can't let that affect, you know, you going forward. You have to have the shortest of memories with umpires uh, because there's nothing you can do about it. So, I mean, did it affect the game? Of course. 
but it affects every single game. Um, once again, it, it's all dependent on which social media site you like to visit. Uh, the umpire scorecard had him as a 94% success rate last night, but slightly in favor of Texas by 0.62. Uh, umpire auditor said that Marquez ranked 77th out of 92 umpires this year when accurately calling balls and strikes and less last night had less than a 90% accuracy issue. So obviously there's some accuracy issues in between these two um, social media channels. I don't know if he is 77th out of 92, that sounds horrible for a guy who's working one of the most important games of the year. This is one thing I've never understood. Is it strictly seniority? How do these guys get approved? How do they get the postseason? Like, I wish they would tell us. And then, oh, by the way, you can be like a better base ump than you can be calling balls and strikes. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's find the best balls and strike guys. You shouldn't just necessarily have to rotate. Let's not treat this like it's a regular season series between the Reds and the Brewers. Like, Let's make sure the, we've got the best people doing it. And once again, maybe Alfonso Marquez is one of the best and just had a bad night, just like Nathan Avaldi had a bad night in game one. Like, it can happen for umpires, but let's protect ourselves. If he is one of the best, great. Bad night. If he's not one of the best, then what's he doing there? Dude, there's like a shroud of secrecy over everything the, the umpires do. I don't know. I've asked that question to many different umpires before. And yeah, it's a jumbled answer every single time. Well, yeah, you have to you have to get good reports. And then, yeah, there's a little bit of seniority. And then there's this and there's that. And it's like, dude, can't we just have the best umpires there? This is what I want. Accountability from umpires. I want them to speak after the games. Like if, if the press wants to speak to an umpire, they should be able to speak to an umpire. They can't go run and hide in their locker room. That's bullshit. Number two, I would like to have salaries made public. We have our salaries made public. Why can't the umpires have their salaries made public? It's all part of the game, right? Well, how you know franchise affect- values. We know all these things. Let's go. I, I just, the, the accountability of the umpires and how many times we said this on this show, Chris, it's not good. Yeah. I don't know how putting out their salaries is going to help. I don't help know why. I help. want it because why did... Oh, I think it's ridiculous that we do know. And I do. You know, I'm part of the problem because I report that so-and-so just agreed to a six-year, $112 million deal. That's such an interesting, like, thought process. How would we view players if we didn't know how much they made? Like, who would we like? Who would we not? Like, it would would change everything. Totally, it would change everything. You'd have no idea how much Bryce Harper signed for to go to the Phillies. No clue. You'd assume it's a lot, but you'd have no idea. Would Albert Pujols' career in Anaheim have been called a success or a failure? You know, if that would be amazing. But alas, it's not that way. The USA nope. Today puts a massive sheet of your uh, mm. earnings out there. Or you can just Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these days, yeah. All right. Um, so let's move on to the uh, Christian Walker situation. Lead-off double off the wall in the second. Tommy Pham, who's been Arizona's hottest hitter, hits one to Garcia. Walker running with his head down, runs through the stop sign, gets thrown out at home. Uh, Tori Lovello was asked about uh, exactly what happened and the result. We should have been better in that situation. Christian Walker owned it. He accepted it. Um, He was accountable for his actions. And I know 
Um, I, I will still consider him one of my our best instinctual base runners. I think it was just a misread and then trying to make up for it, and he compounded things, and it just didn't go the way we wanted it to. Was it a, was it a pivotal moment in the day, in the game? Absolutely. And we talk about making statements. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it hurt. It hurt a little bit. And they turned around on us to score three runs, and that was a big moment. We got flattened there for a couple innings. Do you appreciate the manager's honesty, or did he tell us too much? No, it's great. I mean, that's nothing that Christian Walker doesn't know or anybody in that clubhouse doesn't know. So if Tori comes out there and says something different, it's like, why are you even talking like that? It was a mistake. You know, like when you're coming around third base like that, you pick up the third base coach, I don't know, about halfway because he's right in front of you. So you're picking him up he's in, in your line of vision. Okay. Then if you want to get your head down a little bit, go ahead because you're trying to you're trying to get in there. He understands who has who has the ball in right field? Uh, Adolis has a, a great arm, so he's mm -hmm. trying to get down there. The problem is you got to peek one more time. Like when you get to third base, you got to kind of have your eyes up. You don't have to necessarily be looking for the base coach. He's going to position himself in front of you where he's supposed to be. He's going to go way down the line, um, so he can do that. I will kind of I, I needed to see where the third base coach was. I appreciate if he was a little bit further down the line. I believe. Mm -hmm. um, let's see if we can see that. But yeah. at some point. You either got to hear your third base coach, which during a playoff game is going to be difficult. He was pretty far down there. He was exactly where he needed to be. Christian Walker just has to pick his head up just one more time to see what's going on there. That's the bottom yeah. line. So he knows he made a mistake, and that was that was Huge. an unlucky inning for the D-backs. I mean, you have this happen, then you have the ground ball off Scherzer's arm that ricochets right to Josh yeah. Young. Like it was, it wasn't good. And then the uh, Rangers go ahead and score. Um, right after that so difficult uh that's tony paris chica by the way that is the third base coach for the diamondbacks back to the original question of whether or not uh tory's being too honest i think one of the i think he's one of the best in baseball at explaining things and we can feel his emotion i appreciate his honesty i mean how many times have you heard a coach whether it's in or a manager in baseball or a coach in the nfl get in front of a microphone and a podium and they just want to go like i don't know what the fuck we were doing like but he can't and he doesn't want to air his guys out i thought the way he said this was perfect really did i mean we know who was involved in the play it was christian walker we all presume that he made a mistake the manager told us that it was an error and that he owned it and so the fact that christian walker owned it i thought was a good thing you know that's a positive healthy thing we all make mistakes we just don't all make them in game three in the World Series for everybody to see. And so that's a challenging thing. Um, yeah, man, don't run on Garcia. <laughs> they might not have to deal with that anymore, but does he now have 23 assists or did he have 23 during the season? Whatever it is, it's an astronomical number. I think he over the last two years, he's led all of baseball and outfield assists. Pretty damn good. Yeah, God, that's good. That really is it. Uh, I was listening to Albert Pujols last night on MLB Tonight postgame, and he said something interesting. He said, for us big guys, it's a little bit different. Um, you can be, he was always known, Albert, even though he wasn't fast, he was always known as, as an exceptional base runner. Yes. And I thought his analysis was spot on. He said, when we're we're trying to get a big break, because we're just not as fast. So we do start running with our heads down, right? You're just told to run as hard as you can. He said, I used to tell our third base coaches, whether it was Dino Ebel in Anaheim, and I think it was Jose Ocando, in St. Louis, he said, I wanted them to be verbal with me. Not only put your hands up, but say, 
hey, back, 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 or stop, or whatever it was, whatever the verbal cue was. He said, I needed them to tell me in case I was so intent on trying to get home and running with my head down. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, they're supposed to do that every single time. Did he not do that in the video? I thought he did. It's just the playoffs, know. you can't hear it. Yeah, that's possible. And that, that was one thing I, I, I wanted to know was, would you be able to hear it? So. I mean, it just depends. Shoot. Uh, if you're that close and you're screaming, like possibly. I, I th- Look, here's the thing. Walker got caught up in the moment, dude. He's trying to score. I know. He's trying to get he's trying to get the boys on the board, and he's like, I gotta, I gotta hustle. Mm-hmm. All right. So a pair of injuries cost Texas two of its stars. Max Scherzer obviously couldn't get out for the fourth inning. He had back spasms. We'll know a little bit more today, we believe. Uh, Adolis Garcia injured on a swing in the eighth, could not make it out for the rest of the game. His one looks real severe. He was in street clothes and gone before the game was even over, I believe, for testing. And so Bruce Bochy will have a word, but that one does not look good. Uh, how much does it cost and shorten this lineup if he's not in there? I mean, a lot, dude. Like I, we've been watching every single one of these games in the postseason, see, Rose. We've seen what this guy can do. Even if he's not, even if he has a game where he doesn't get any hits, like the threat of him changes games. It changes pitching plans. It changes everything. It changes the way, you know, they approach the lineup. So uh, it's definitely a huge loss if he's not in. Uh, I haven't read anything official yet. Um, as of we're recording this, they're optimistic, but obviously they're going to say that no matter what. I, there's no way he's playing tonight let alone maybe the rest of the series. I mean, if you pull the oblique, he's out. And there's nothing you can do about it. But, yeah, I mean, it shortens the lineup a lot. You're going to have to have guys step up. And whether that is – I don't know who they're going to bring on the roster, maybe a Duran or something like that, but it's going to be a Jankowski, Grossman type thing. Maybe you move Evan Carter to right field, put those guys in left field, something like that. Yeah, so I was thinking about the lineup construction moving forward. And they're going to have to make a call here. This isn't a thing where you could wait a day or two. You you don't have time for that because yeah. you can't play a roster spot down in the World Series. I mean, I know that, you know, they're thankful by the old rules, their pitcher would have to hit tonight, in which case yes. you would be burning a pinch hitter every time you want to make it some sort of change. That would be rough. So they're fortunate with that. Do you think they try to hold off? I mean, it's two days. Maybe one day. Maybe I don't think then you have the off day and then you six and seven are there. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see if there's any possibility mm-hmm. he can play. I feel like they would hold off because the prospect of having him there, you don't empty your bench, you know, every game. So there's a chance they wait. He's that important to the team. Okay. Interesting. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that in reverse field. Um, so if they, if he can't go tonight, we don't expect him to. I think they got to stop putting Robbie Grossman third. Let's, start, you know, that's cute. If you want to try that in July, fine. This is October. Let's let's play like big boys here. You move Mitch Garver up to the three spot behind Seeger. You have to protect him with somebody who's a threat. Only if if they plan on having Grossman in and then Carter out. Carter's and not going to be out now. He can't. We'll see. Yeah, I mean. No, no, no. You can't. You have to play Carter from this point forward because. I hope so. I hope so. Well, Because then if not, then you're starting Grossman and if, Jankowski. That makes If zero you do sense. that, then you if they start a lefty, they're going to want to put Carter deeper in the lineup then to avoid him in the first inning if they can. But I don't think. I think you've run out of right-handed options. 
because they are so left-handed heavy, right? It goes C- it goes Simeon, Seeger. Last night it went Garber. Garcia was three. Yeah, but go Garber I would there. go Garver. Then you have to go a lefty. Yeah, you, you go Carter. You, you, you want to move Josh Young up? I mean, he hasn't been swinging it. He's been down at the bottom of the lineup. I think you have to put if you if Carter's going to be in there, great. He he has to hit fourth. Then you can't put him third because you want Manspar right. to face two righties in the first three batters that he faces. Totally, and, that's so, what yeah. you have to do. Yeah, and then you just have to. And Carter has not been very good at all against left-handed pitching. But you know what? What it's going to mean is if there's two outs, they're going to pitch around Garver and they're going to say, "Okay, Carter, go hit a lefty." But that's the way you're going to have to live with it. You know, if his mentality against lefties, like if he knows he's going to be in there, it totally changes things. If you think, hey, I'm going to get pinch hit for, or like I'm not supposed to hit this lefty, you know, I'm a platoon guy, like it changes your mentality. If he knows he's going to be in there for the rest of the series against lefties and there's nobody to go get him, it wouldn't surprise me if this dude got some knocks. That's just how he is. Can we talk one second about Max Scherzer? Yeah. First of all, we don't know if the injury was based on the line drive we just don't back spasms i'm a back spasm guy i've had a bad back for 10 years and i can tell you there's some days where it's just spasms there's some days where something sets it off i've never had a 98 mile an hour line drive off my back so i can't necessarily speak to that are we giving him too much leeway like he doesn't make it through playoff starts anymore and by the way if this was clayton kershaw wouldn't the narrative be totally different for me, no. For me, I'll still have the – my take will be I have to respect this guy. He's given the game so much. I have to assume that he couldn't go, and that was it. Like, I give him the benefit of the doubt because of what he's done in the game. Both okay. those guys. I know, but what is it with Clayton Kershaw every time? Well, he gets – I don't know. When was people, la- I don't do when that. Was la- do hold on. That. When was the last time Max Scherzer gave us an amazing postseason performance? I'm going to mess this up. 2019, probably? Yeah, it was probably against San Francisco in 2020. See, I knew you would know. I'm, I'm going to guess. Question. But he hasn't been any good so far this year. He was terrible for the Mets last year. Like, okay. So every time Clayton Kershaw gets crushed, we crush him. Not everybody, but a lot of that's the baseball narrative. But we don't even pay he, attention when Max Scherzer doesn't year, do well. He's 39 years old. I get it, but if you choose to play, then you we choose to. He's also getting paid forty three million dollars. Aha! There's your money thing. He put up a three two in twenty seven starts. Excuse, uh, uh, excuse me, a three seven three point right. two WAR in twenty seven starts. Like he 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 did it. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Right. I'm but, looking at so the stats. I'm trying now to understand what the difference is. Why does Max Scherzer get a pass and Clayton Kershaw gets shit on? It's a, it's a great question. Okay, that, I, I'm i not saying sit here and throw darts at Max Scherzer. I'm saying what is the difference? And I would love to know what the difference is. If people in our chat can tell me what the hell the difference is between Clayton Kershaw getting his balls kicked in and Max Scherzer having the same sort of results. Because, by the way, Clayton Kershaw has thrown some very good playoff games. Some very good playoff games. Okay, you're right. It was against the Giants. He he saved a game and started the game. He went eight mm-hmm. innings pitched in the NLDS and only gave one earned run. Okay. But, I mean, it's always something. If it, we, I joked about it yesterday that it always seems to be something with Max Scherzer in the World Series, right? Wake up with a bad neck, this, that, the other thing. He's got a bad – he's got a cut-up thumb. Now he leaves with back spasms. Once again, I understand it. 
and I'm not going to give him shit for it, but people love using Clayton Kershaw as a punching bag. I think as a society, we should stop that. We should, if anybody starts talking bad about Clayton Kershaw, just pull up his baseball reference page and go there. Well, people don't like to do that. People don't like to do that. Okay. People are now making excuses for him, saying he's basically been making rehab starts in the postseason. Okay, that, that's fine. Um, this is the World Series. So are we supposed to judge you because you, you haven't had time for a rehab start? W- what are we supposed to do? It ha- they haven't been good. Throw an asterisk on there? No, it's either you're ready to go and you want to help the team or you're not ready to go. And you're taking a roster spot. One of the two. I would also venture out to say, I'm looking now, uh, he's had 10 years of postseason experience, 20 different series. He's got a 3-7. I would assume Clayton Kershaw's is much higher than that, and that's probably why. I think it is in the fours. Let's go check it out. I'm getting there right now. Hey, let me ask you something, uh, c before the show ends. Why the heck do you got that hat on? Is that coming up? You never explained. Oh, no, this is just our Little League hat. I guess I'm going uh, Halloween as a little league dad, so I'll have my uh, drinking cup, my uh, one of those solo cups. Nice. Walking the street. Uh, Twelve years, twenty-two series for Clayton Kershaw, four four nine. Yeah, not good. Not good. All right, game four. Get your bullpens ready. Heaney and Mantiply, a pair of lefties. Who's got the edge in this one? Which team? I think it's the Rangers just because, I mean, Heaney didn't look good his last time out, but I think the fact that you have Heaney and Dunning and you can kind of like, if you're Bochy, you can see how they look and you have the, they have the ability to, to get stretched a little bit. I think that to me gives them the advantage. If they can get those guys stretched to the bullpen that he likes to use, um, I almost, I think it's pretty even, but I like that better than going the, one, two, one, 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 one thing with relievers, just because you can have a couple guys have off days and it kind of ruins a little bit of everything. So, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit more, there's more decisions and a lot of things happen. Uh, base runners on, these guys aren't holding the runners that well when they come in because the adrenaline's kicking. So I, I think having the two guys that can give you a little bit of length uh, helps out. And I don't really, I guess I don't have a good lean either way, to be honest with you. I think they're pretty even, but if I had to, I would say the Rangers, just because of the length factor. Um, Let's start at the beginning here. Joe Mantiply has been their opener before. Andrew Heaney was the opener for the Rangers in game four in Houston. No? He was a starter. It was bad. It was yeah. bad oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know how you wanted to classify him then. He could have been considered a starter. He's a starter, but it sure seemed like the opener because he didn't get through the first he inning. He didn't get through the first inning. And that's what I worry about here. This could be... We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but when Mantiply was the opener, that was against Philly in game four. They ended up using eight pitchers to cover the nine inning. And I think they've got a bunch of fresh guys. You know, their A-list guys are still good. Texas's through yesterday, and let's remember now, 
You are in the middle. This is the meat of the three-game sandwich in Arizona. You go three straight days. So you want to throw Spores and Chapman and LeClerc out there for three straight days? My guess is yes. you don't want to, but you might have to. The end of a long season is just somebody's not going to be ready. You know how I – this is how I talk when it comes to openers. Somebody's not going to answer the bell, right? Even with Arizona, when they threw those eight pitchers in nine innings, Half of them gave up runs. Half of them. Yeah. And they needed a miraculous at bat by Alec Thomas to save the day. And then they win it. So we'll see. I think tonight there's going to be a lot of runs scored. So did you pick a side? Because that's you always tell me. I think Arizona. uh, I think Arizona has the edge on this one. I'm worried about Texas. I think Arizona has more dependable guys in the middle. I know that Texas could go with Dunning. Um and obviously, Heaney's got to give him, like, two innings. Has to. You can't go two-thirds of an inning. And then I feel like changed. it's one or the other with him. Yeah, I know. You're, the, you're either going to get two-thirds of an inning or you're going to get three innings. Yep. All right. Halloween. Always like those. We found a few costumes on social media. These kids win the day going dressed as tops baseball cards. The kid who's dressed as Jonathan India. Pretty good. That is great. That is so good. God almighty. And we you, did you this have... for my D-backs team. This was awesome. I, I love this you idea. Did? Yeah. On opening day, we had them all make cards like this. They had so much fun with it. You know, you kind of like learn uh, a little bit about the game. Love it. Shout out Jonathan India, who just announced that him and his uh, wife, I believe, are having a baby. Yes. I don't know if they're married, but yeah. They're together. They've been together forever. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, good for them. The kid that goes dressed as Wade Boggs is amazing. He's he's drunk. It's, yeah, a it's kid. even better. Oh, he's he's got to he's got to be holding like a six pack. <laughs> Has to be. We don't condone underage drinking, but it would just We're be just funny for the Halloween. Just for the Halloween. Don't skin. you know who Wade Boggs is? For goodness sakes! Oh, I've got some good Wade Boggs stories. All right. Um, have fun tonight, trick or treating. Teddy and Isla, are they super excited? They are. Uh, Teddy is going as a Grim Reaper overlord, and Isla is a cop. Aw. So don't mess around. No. Okay. I like that. My kids just go to Halloween parties now, and you just pray everything's okay. Please. You and I love Halloween, C-Rose. Oh, I used to get dressed up all the time. Now tonight, Michelle, I think, is pretty much doing this on her own. I was like, it's game four of the World Series. Sorry. Last year, Browns and Bengals were playing on Monday Night Football during Halloween. So I was like, I'm out. Sorry. That's fine. All right. We're back at it again tomorrow. We cannot wait for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.